got a word to preach this morning. Let's turn to Genesis 37. We are talking about the God of dreams. The God of dreams. Our God is not a blind God. He's a God who sees and he gives us sight. We live by sight. Not sight with these eyes, but sight from the inside here. The spirit of faith, the spirit of vision, dreams on the inside. If you have no dream, you don't live life. If you have no vision, you perish. But where you have a dream, where you have a vision, where you have something alive on the inside, it's as if you're pregnant. It's as if something is going to be produced. You've got to push it. You've got to believe for it. You've got to declare it. You've got to live it. You've got to walk it. But you produce it out of something on the inside where the Spirit of God is like an incubator for the visions that God has put on the inside. As we go through the life of uh, Joseph over the next few weeks, I hope you've been getting into Genesis 37 to Genesis 50. I encouraged everybody last week, start reading Genesis 37 all the way through to Genesis 50. You know, you should have read it about two or three times by now this week. Come on, let's press in to everything so we're all on the same page. Genesis 37, this is after he's had his uh, dreams from God about the sheaths all bowing down and the sun and the moon and the stars all bowing down to him. And it says this, I'm just going to go to three passages of Scripture just to put his life in a little, just a bit of context here. Genesis 37 verses 23 to 28. So it came to pass, I want to stand on December the 31st and say it came to pass. So it came to pass when Joseph had come to his brothers and they... In this point, he had, he had declared his dream and they hated him all the more. That they stripped him of his tunic. I don't know if you've ever felt like you've been stripped. Stripped of your energy. Stripped of your joy. Stripped of your passion. Stripped of your purpose. Stripped of your security. Stripped of your health and your vitality. Stripped of your finances. They stripped him of his gift, the tunic. And they took him and they cast him into a pit and the pit was empty and there was no water in it. It was a dry place. It was a hole that he could not get out of. And they sat down to eat a meal and they and they saw there was a company of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels bearing spices, balm, myrrh on their way down to, to Egypt. So Judah said to the brothers, what profit is there if we kill our brother and, and hide his uh, blood, hide the crime? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites. How debasing. How humiliating to be sold to the Ishmaelites, the very people who came out of Abraham's mess instead of the promise of God. Let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our, 
our flesh. He's almost trying to make him sound like he's, hey, we're doing a good thing here. (laughs) And they all heard him and agreed with him. Then the traders passed by and the brothers pulled up Joseph out of the pit and they sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver and they took Joseph to Egypt as a slave. Genesis 39, verses 11 to 20, but it happened about that time. This is, he had served now in the house of Egypt as a slave, and he had so excelled that he'd been promoted and raised to a place of influence and and being uh, trusted for who he was because of his integrity and because of the spirit of excellence that he carried. He'd done everything right. He'd done nothing wrong. He didn't deserve what life was throwing at him. And it says it happened about this time, this is a long time later, when Joseph went into the house to do his work, that there weren't any men of the house inside. And it says she caught him. This is the wife of his boss. She caught him by his garment saying, come to bed with me. He left his garment in her hands and he fled. And he ran outside and so it was when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and fled outside that she called to the men of her house and spoke to them saying, see he's brought in, my husband has brought into us a Hebrew to to just have a laugh. And he came into me to, to rape me and I cried out with a loud voice and it happened when he heard that I, I cried out. I screamed that he left his garment with me and fled outside and went outside. So she kept the garment until her husband came home. And then she spoke to her husband all the same words. The Hebrew servant came, you know, to mock me, uh, to go to, to try to have sex with me. And as I screamed, he left his garment with me and fled outside. So it was when the boss had heard the words which his wife spoke to him saying, your servant's done this to me, that his anger was aroused. Joseph had done nothing wrong. He'd done nothing wrong. He was not to blame. And so the boss took him outside and put him into prison in a place where the king's prisoners were confined. This is the serious prison. This is not just somebody who's done something. This is the serious prison. This is the high security place. This is the place where you go in and you don't come out. You've offended the ruler of the world. And he was confined there and he was there in a prison. I want to turn to Genesis 40, verses 20 to 23. Now it came to pass on the third day, this is some time he'd been in prison. He'd been serving other people in prison. He had excelled in the prison to where he sort of ran the place. It came to pass on the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast of all his servants and he, he, um, he restored the the chief butler and the chief baker among his servants, those guys had been in prison with Joseph and because of him um, and a prophetic word and understanding a dream and because Almighty God had got involved, they had been um, set free and they had promised to help Joseph get out of prison. It's really where it was sort of at. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. And he restored the butler and... And he restored the baker. 
but he sorry, but he hanged the chief uh, baker just as uh, Joseph had interpreted to them. Yet the butler did not remember Joseph. Have you ever been forgotten about? Have you ever thought, you know what? I put everything into this and no one's noticed. I put my heart, my heart and soul into this job and I just keep getting overlooked. I've served with a great attitude and look, I've just been forgotten. It's as if other people are taking the glory. <laughs> Said he did not remember Joseph, but he forgot him. And so Joseph remained in prison for two more years until God moved. I don't know about you, but there are times it appears as if death has won. It looks like there's no one you can trust. There's no one you can rely upon. It feels as if you've been abandoned. It looks like there's no one you can lean on. Everything seems to be going in the opposite direction than that which you were expecting or that which God had promised. You had a dream. You saw it all panning out. You saw how it was going to go and it's all going opposite to what you expected it was going to go. Am I relating to anybody this morning? Everyone's left you. This, is, this was his story. Everyone's left you. Even his own family had destroyed his life. And there was no evidence for Joseph. Perhaps you've experienced this. There's no evidence of you getting out the hole you're in. There's no way out. But I'm encouraged. <laughs> if you read the end of the book, <laughs> we win. If you look back 2,000 years on a, a Friday night, there was another situation where death thought it had won. Death thought it had won. Death had killed the prophets and death had killed and death had divided and death had scattered and death had controlled and death had squashed and death had restricted and death had criticized and death had lied and stolen and killed and destroyed. Death had been active in the world for thousands of years and then all of a sudden death, it seemed to be active in the life of Jesus Christ and death was hanging Jesus on the cross. But if you read the book, there's a different story. Death wasn't hanging Jesus on the cross. The Father was hanging Jesus on the cross. There was a bigger plan. Come on, look at someone and say, there's a bigger plan. <laughs> it looked like on Friday night that death had won, but Sunday morning came. <laughs> Early on Sunday morning, death no longer could hold down the promise of God, the Word of God, the vision of God. Death couldn't hold him down anymore. Life defeated death. As we think about today, what I've got to minister here today, I want to I speak into our lives as we head into 2019. I want to say, lift up your head. Lift up your head. Isaiah 60 says, yeah, there's a lot of darkness around, but don't look at the darkness. Don't drop your eyes. Lift up your eyes because above the darkness, there's greater glory than you can see with these things. You can see it on the inside. You can feel it on the inside. I want to say, lift up your head. Whatever it is, this will not last forever. It will not last forever. 
Whatever it is, it's not going to last forever. Oh, but Pastor Jack, you don't know what I'm going to. Well, you know, going through. No, I may not know what you're going through, but I do know this. It is temporary. It is not going to last forever because our God is the God of the turnaround. Very quickly today, point number one that I want to make about the life of Joseph is this. God has a greater plan. (laughs) This is a game changer. This is a game changer. To understand that there is a plan of God which cannot, which cannot be thwarted, which cannot be resisted. God has a greater plan. As I've been going through Genesis 37 to Genesis 50, (laughs) it hit me. It hit me so strongly and it made me think and it made me not question anything but I was thinking, wow, okay, I need to read this again with this in mind and I just felt it coming stronger and stronger and stronger and this is a life changer. To understand that Joseph was always in the will of God. always in the will of God. See, sometimes as we read through things in the Word of God or as we go through life, we sometimes think, well, you know what? We're going in and out of the will of God in our lives. We're going in and out, in and out, in and out. The only thing, the only thing, this is too deep for a Sunday morning, but I'll say it, the only thing that will keep you out of, the, of God's will is your will. Now that's too deep for a Sunday because that just opens up a whole load of stuff. The only thing that can keep you out of God's will is your will. Where you set your will against the will of God. I wonder what he thought when he was thrown in the pit. I must be outside of God's will. God's will is not that I'm in this pit. But come on, I'm going to say it again. The only thing that will keep you out the will of God is your will set against the will of God. There isn't any evidence in the life of Joseph that he was ever disobedient, that he was ever in unbelief that he was ever grieving, quenching, or resisting the Holy Spirit, he lived for God. It was very clear, he lived for God. And the Bible says when we live for God, and when we engage in prayer, and when we engage with God's will, and we put ourselves in the direction of God's will, all things, all things work together for our good. It may look like I'm out of God's will with these eyes, but if my heart is set, if my joy is set, if my desire for God is set, then I have a confidence in this, that no matter what I walk through, I'm walking with God, therefore I'm walking in the will of God. Come on, this is going to set some people free this morning. We need to settle this once and for all. God has a greater plan. Whatever he faced, 
wherever he was, whatever circumstance he was in, was an opportunity for Joseph. It was not a grave. It was not a tomb. It was not something that was trying to keep him out of God's will. In everything he went through, everything he faced, he excelled. He shone. (laughs) He influenced and he prevailed. The Bible is full of stories, life stories of people who came out on top no matter what they faced. And listen to this. That is what made them great. (laughs) Come on, I hope you're getting something out of this today. Because too many of us are complaining about whatever it is we're facing. And we've got to understand that we're complaining against the very thing that God is using to cause us to come into greatness. So we need to ask the question, what is greatness? Well, I think greatness is going through a valley and turning it into a spring of water. Come on, are you listening to me this morning? I think greatness is enduring hardship for the joy that is set before you. See, some people say, why am I going through hardship? I must be out of God's will. Well, that means the very verses that are applied to Jesus Christ, who endured hardship for the joy set before him, who endured this stuff, who suffered at the hands and who suffered temptation and who suffered the tests and the trials and who was condemned and criticized and left for dead and destroyed. And, and it means he was outside of God's will, surely. Do you ever think there was a moment when Jesus Christ was outside of the will of God? He was always up to his eyeballs in the will of God. And what made him great is that he lived a life yet was without sin. Yet didn't criticize. Yet didn't condemn. Yet didn't murmur. Yet didn't complain. It's very clear in the word of God. For when I am weak, then I am strong in God. See, God knows what he's doing. He is um, making you and I into something that is glorious, that is invincible, that is unshakable, that is without lack, without insufficiency. God is leading us through in order to bring us out. See, Jesus went into a desert to be tempted, to be tested and tried. But he came out of that desert in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I can't say, I can't be hypothetical about this. But you could say if he'd never gone into the desert, he would never have come out in the power. Just a thought. See, so often we want the power without going through the desert. Now, don't misunderstand a desert. A desert does not mean everything's dry and barren in your life. Jesus was never dry and barren. He was in a dry and barren place, but in the middle of it, he was producing faith. He was producing joy. He was in touch with God. He wasn't dry and barren in himself, even though he was in a dry and barren place. Just because we go through a circumstance does not mean that circumstance needs to go through us. Come on, you're getting anything this morning. Just because you go through a hard place doesn't mean to say hardness goes through us. See, so many people say, oh, I'm, I'm in the desert. And they don't mean they're in the desert. They mean I'm dry. Yeah. 
That's a very different thing. You're dry because you don't drink, not because you're in a desert. Oh, come on. You can drink in the desert. You can draw on the things of God no matter what you're going through. You see, Joseph is the life of a man who stayed true to God no matter what he faced, no matter what he was going through. And he came out in the greatest greatness that is known. God knows what he's doing. So don't despise the day of small beginnings. (laughs) Come on, let's start this year with an explosion. Let's start this year getting things straight, getting our priorities straight, setting our rudder straight. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Don't despise obscurity. Oh God, but I'm obscure. I'm I'm not noticed. I've been overlooked. Oh, I must be outside of your will. No, come on. If you've got a heart for God, you're smack bang in the middle of where God wants you because he's working in you a far exceeding, a far more exceeding weight of glory than you can ever ask or imagine. Don't despise being forgotten. Don't despise being left for dead. Every temporary situation Notice the emphasis there is temporary. Every temporary situation is working for us to produce glory in our lives that means in all things, at all times, in every circumstance, we are more than conquerors. After I became a Christian, I had a diet. For years, and it's still my uh, food of uh, choice today, of all authority, world overcomer, more than a conqueror, all things working together for my good, whatever I put my hand to prospers. That was the diet. That's what I ate. That's what I'm still eating today. I eat a diet of Glory, victory. World overcoming, greater is he that's in me than anything I face in this world. Whatever I put my hand to prospers. I am more than a conqueror. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above only and not beneath. I'm the, I'm blessed (laughs) going in and I'm blessed coming out. My storehouses are abundant. My gold and silver multiplies. Greater is he that's in me than anything I face in this world. That's the diet of what I eat, drink, sleep. It's what I speak. It's what I believe. Victory is the portion of the believer. See, I don't know what some people eat and drink. Oh, well, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, but it didn't look like it's going to work. Yeah, but it's really hard going. (laughs) Yeah, but somebody else tried it and they died. Yeah, but I gave and I didn't get a return. Yeah, but I prayed for somebody and they didn't get healed. What are you eating? What are you drinking? God has a greater plan. (laughs) I love this stuff. Irrespective. Of your circumstances, love conquers all things. 
The greatest of these is love. Love never fails. Love casts out fear. So God has a greater plan. What are you focusing on? What are you believing? Point number two. Don't stop now. I, I would love to have got into the mind of Joseph. We get little examples and little insights in the Word of God. But I would love to get into the mind of Joseph on a daily basis. I wonder if he went through, I might as well give up. Oh, I did it all right and I'm in a pit. Gets out the pit, excels, thinks, oh, there you go, that was just a little blip. And then all of a sudden he's thrown in prison, accused of rape. And he goes, oh, I'm in prison again. I'm in prison and years in prison for doing, the, for doing nothing wrong. I don't know what was going on inside his brain as far as we're not told the details, but I do know this. There was something on the inside of him that says, I've come thus far, I'm not stopping now. I've got a vision. I've got a dream. The, we the sheaves of wheat are going to bow down and the sun and the moon is going to bow down. Why? Because victory is always on the horizon. Victory is always on the horizon. I want to stir something in your heart. I don't know if you've ever been in the position where you've got to grab yourself by the scruff of the neck and, and face yourself in the mirror and say, come on, get your eyes on the victory. Get excited about the victory. Get stirred up about the victory. So many people get into a life of maintenance, into a life of just where we just live our same old boring life. Come on, there is greater on the horizon. There is victory on the horizon for each and every believer. Against all the odds, you're still in the game. Perhaps you thought you'd never get through 2018. Perhaps you never thought you'd get through that divorce. Perhaps you never you know, thought you'd get through that bankruptcy. Perhaps you never thought you'd get through all that stuff that the doctors said about you. But hey guys, you're still here. You're still here. Praise God. Even though stuff has been stolen away, irrespective of what other people thought and other people have said before, you're still here. Don't stop now. Come on. Don't stop. In spite of your adversaries, you're still fighting. You're still here. There are people that have dropped off the pathway. But you're still here. You can rejoice in that. Why? Because victory is on the horizon. Don't stop now. Come on, turn to someone and say, God's got a greater plan. Look at at least three other people and say, don't stop now. You may have fallen over once. You may have fallen over twice. You may have fallen over three times, four times, five times, six times, seven times. But hey, you got up again. <laughs> Rejoice not over me, O oh my enemies, for when I fall, I shall arise in Jesus' name. You've made it thus far. Take another step. Don't stop now. Every time I say don't stop now, I'm thinking of Queen, don't stop me now. And I know you guys, I know that's where you are. Don't stop me now. 
Don't tell me I can't do it. Don't tell me it's going to fail. Don't tell me the future is dark. Don't tell me it's just going to go from worse to worse. Don't tell me that I'm going to lose everything. Don't tell me that I'm going to die of cancer. Don't tell me all this stuff. Come on, we go from glory to glory. I ain't stopping now. We are walking, 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 walking and running with a vision. Paul said, 2 Corinthians 4 verses 7 to 18. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We're hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're struck down, but we are not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. That the life of Jesus, that Zoe, that explosive, that rejoicing, that faith-filled life of Jesus Christ also may be revealed in our mortal flesh. So then death may be working in us, but life is working through us and on into you. And since we have the same spirit of faith, let's all say spirit of faith. Come on, let's say it with some faith. Spirit of faith. According to what has been written down, it's written. (laughs) This is set in the Word of God. I believed and therefore I spoke. I believed 2019. Let it be a year of believing and speaking. Not let it be a year of complaining, moaning, groaning, upset. And all. Come on. Believing and speaking. Believing and speaking. Spirit of faith, speaking. Promise of God in the mouth. I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus. This is how Joseph thought in the pit. This is how Joseph thought in the prison. This is how Joseph thought when he was forgotten and overlooked that God was going to raise him up and will present us with you for all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Therefore, everybody say therefore. Therefore. Are you ready for this? Therefore, we do not lose heart, Joseph, in the pit. Joseph in the prison, you in your temporary situation, you in your joblessness, you in your, can we afford a house or not? You in your, well, I don't know if the business is going well. You in your, yeah, but my kids are really going off the hook right now. Therefore, we do not lose heart no matter what circumstance we're in. Even though our outward man may be perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed on it. Every day, something's going on on the inside. Every day, the Spirit of God is stirring. Every day, faith is new. Every day, mercy, goodness and mercy is following me around. Every day, my youth is being renewed. Every day, healing is working on the inside of me. Every day, my money is out there getting a harvest for me. Every day, my joy is my strength. Every day in Jesus' name. Renewed day by day. For our light affliction. Stop saying how bad everything is. Dear God, you're a believer. You're a Christian. Come on, it's a light affliction. Change what you're saying about your life. Change what's coming out. 2019, pa, light afflictions. 2018, pa, light afflictions. 
Whatever it is, come on, light affliction. Get your perspective right. I am so excited about this. For our light affliction, which is just temporary. Temporary. Oh, the good God, the doctors have said it's temporary. Oh, but the bank is saying they won't lend me to buy a house. It's temporary. Yeah, but Brexit and it might all fall apart. Come on, guys. Temporary. 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 Oh, yeah, but, yeah, but my marriage is going through it. Temporary. Yeah, but now we're divorced and it's all gone wrong. Temporary. Light affliction, which is just for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding. There's a bigger picture. God has a plan. Are you getting anything out of this this morning? <laughs> an, ex- an eternal weight of glory. Oh, man. I just, I can't wait for my glorified body. It can fly. It can't be contained. While we do not look at the things which can be seen, but we look at the things which you cannot see. See, there are two types of people in the earth. And it's all because of this one thing. There's the kingdom of God. And there's the kingdom of this world or the kingdom of darkness or the things outside of the kingdom of God. However you want it. There's a clear dividing line. If you're in this half, you are on a different planet. (laughs) You think differently than the people over here. This is strong this morning. You talk differently than the people over here. You see, if you're talking the same, thinking the same, acting the same, and and expecting the same, what kingdom are we in? This is an unshakable kingdom. This is a kingdom of joy. This is a kingdom of health. This is a kingdom of abundance. Now, we've already discovered that we don't go through just the good stuff. Why? Because the things around us are not the kingdom. Come on, we're in this world, but we're not of it. Where is the kingdom? On the inside. So therefore, where is the abundance? Come on. Where is the joy? Where is the health? It's on the inside. So don't judge your life by what's around you. Determine your life by what's on the inside of you. The kingdom of God on the inside. We do not look at the things which can be seen. Let's have the band up, please but at the things which are not seen with these eyes. For the things which you can see with these eyes 
are temporary. But the things which are not seen with these eyes are eternal. Point number three as we close today. If you can see it, you can change it. If you can see it, it's temporary. Therefore, you can change it. You can't change the eternal. Come on, you're getting anything. You can't change the eternal. See, people, they see things with these eyes and they go, well, I can't change that and I can't change that. No, can I say the only thing you can't change is that which is eternal. What is eternal? The Word of God, the name of Jesus, the promises of God. Can I hear an amen this morning? Whatever we go through is temporary. It's a snapshot. It's a moment in time. The Word of God is clear. You see, either we're going to believe that or we're going to believe our circumstances. It's very straightforward this morning, very clear. Whatever it is you're going through right now, whatever it is 2018 faced you with, no matter what is on your horizon as you will, on your horizon's victory, but no matter what you walk through in the next coming weeks, days, months, years, it's all temporary and it's all subject to change. Don't accept anything as permanent that is outside of the will and the promises of God. It will all be something that we will look back on as a memory. But God's word, God's promises, God's power, God's name are eternal. Do not look at that which can be seen. I'm going to say that again. Do not look at that which can be seen. I ask myself the question, what am I focusing on? What am I focusing on? What are you focusing on? What's getting our attention? See, the evidence you can see, you're focusing on that or you're focusing on the promises of God that you cannot see. I love that word evidence. Because the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things you cannot see. See, the life of faith cannot be any more different than this life of sight. This life of feeling. This life of experience. We either live by faith or we live by sight. We either live with the eternal or we live in the temporary. What are you focusing on? What am I focusing on? You see, there's the evidence with the eyes or there's the evidence of the Spirit. Man, that's deep. <laughs> Some say, oh, you know, we're on real deep teaching. That's as deep as it's going to get here on a Sunday. But that's life-changing. There's the life of sight or there's the life of faith. 
You can't have both. You either walk by sight or you walk by faith. Faith is the greater evidence than the evidence that there is around you. But what are you focusing on? What are you believing? What are you talking about? This evidence or that evidence? See, 2019 is going to be a year of dreams fulfilled. You better believe it. We're right in the will of God. Right smack bang in the middle of the will of God. Settle that once and for all today. Oh, well, I don't know if I'm in God's will or not. If your heart is for God, you're in God's will. Simple. You're in God's will. Oh yeah, but what about I lost my job? You're in God's will. Why? Because He's working out something on your behalf because He's working it all to turn it around. I don't want to get ahead of my preaching a couple of weeks' time that our God is the God of the turnaround. See, Sarah's... See, Sarah's womb being barren was temporary. But she bore Isaac anyway. Joseph's pit was temporary. But he got out and ruled a household. His prison for false accusation was temporary. But he was taken to the palace and honoured. See, David's cave of Adullam was temporary. But David's mighty army emerged. Samson's shaved head was temporary. Come on. Yet his hair grew back and he destroyed an enemy's temple. See, the poverty of the the old lady was temporary, but she started to pour the oil and it didn't stop. Isaac's famine was temporary, yet he sowed and reaped a hundredfold. Job... Job's suffering was temporary, but he came out with twice as much as that which he lost. Jehoshaphat's fear was temporary, yet he sent out the praise team and defeated all his enemies. Ruth's gleaning in a field, someone else's field was temporary, but she ended up owning the whole land. (laughs) Oh man. Manna and quail in the wilderness was temporary. And yet Caleb and Joshua marched a nation into a promised land to drink milk and honey. Lazarus' tomb was temporary. But Jesus commanded, loose him and let him go. And he came out of the tomb and lived again. Stop looking at the natural evidence and start confessing your faith evidence. What do I mean by confessing? What do I mean by confessing? Speak it out of your mouth. Speak it out of your mouth. I am very aware we've got a lot of new Christians in the church. We've got a lot of Christians who perhaps have not been around Citygate for very long. We're a church who speak the promises. We're a church who don't talk about what we can see. We talk about what we believe. We don't go around saying how sick I am. We say by His stripes, I was healed. We don't go around saying I've lost everything. We go around saying whatever I put my hand to prospers. 
We don't go around saying, hey, I feel depressed. We go around saying the joy of the Lord is my strength in Jesus. We don't go around saying how hard everything is. We go around saying His yoke is easy and His burden is light. We say what we believe. We don't talk about what we can see. That's it. Whatever it is that you can see is temporary. Come on, let's stand to our feet this morning. (laughs) We have a spirit of faith. Speak to the temporary, the eternal Word of Almighty God. And the temporary has to make way for the eternal. How do you change it? I don't know, I just believe this year, I want to hear lots of testimonies about people saying, you know what, people in my office are saying, how did that happen? How did you get out of that hole? How did you get out of that prison? You know what, the world want to know how we live our life of victory. Don't turn around and say, oh, Jesus, Jesus. No, talk, talk some sense that they can understand. I was sick and now I'm healed. This is what happened. I was depressed and now I'm full of joy. This is how it happened. I was lost and confused and now I've got some wisdom. I'm still gaining a load more and I've got a direction on my life and this is how it happened. You see, each one of us have a life story on the inside but that life story is not just about I love Jesus, it's about what He's done in my life, where He's leading me and what He's doing. If your story today is simply, oh, I love Jesus, then there is a whole load more that God wants you to start walking in in 2019. It's called the high life. It's called the life of victory. It's the life of abundance. It's the life of dreams fulfilled. It's the life of passion and energy. And it starts right there. When people say, how did you change that? I drew near to Jesus. We're doing that in January. Come on, let's all be here tomorrow night. We always just overflow in our prayer meetings and it's just great to be here and passionately exploding in prayer. I drew near to Jesus, I prayed. I confessed the Word of God. See, that word confess is often only understood. Oh, confess, what does that mean? I talk about my sin. No, the word confess, all it means in the Bible is you agree with. It's all it means, say the same thing as. Confessing sin is a very small part of confession. What is confession all all about? We find the promises, we agree with the promises, and we declare the promises. That's confession. What are you confessing out of your life? You see, for some people, perhaps you've not been around very much. Confession just means, oh God, I'm sorry for my sin. No, that's one little bit. I'm saying it again. That's one little bit. Confession is saying, God, you said it. I believe it. It's happening to me in Jesus' name. I'm agreeing with what you have said. Amen. How did it happen in your life, Pastor Jay? I drew near to Jesus. I prayed. I confessed the Word of God. I refused to walk by sight. I refuse to walk by what I saw. I refuse to be led by what I see or what I feel. I decided to speak the living Word of God. As we go out into 2019, 
I want to say this. Shut your eyes and open your mouth. Close your eyes and open your mouth. See, what the enemy wants to do is shut your mouth and open your eyes. No, we were going to turn that upside down. Keep your mouth wide open with the promises of God. Keep your mouth wide open. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Whatever I put my hand to prospers. I sow and I reap. I lay my hands on the sick and they recover. Come on, keep your mouth open. Keep your mouth open. Keep that link between your spirit where the spirit of faith is and this mouth which is the rudder of your life. Let it keep speaking. Let it keep speaking. Let it keep speaking. Let other people get tired of how positive you are. Let them get fed up with just how much you talk about where you're coming out. Not about where you've been, but where you're going. Come on, did you get anything out of that this morning? Come on, let's give God a shout in this place. Thank you, God.